Okay. None of these pens work. What are you trying to write down? I'm just trying to write something. There. <laughs> just makes you feel better? Yeah. Yeah, I have a note. <laughs> note. It says, resignation. And then on the other end, it says, manipulation, management. Nice. Mm-hmm. Wow, that sounds like a good one. It's going to be. I can feel it in my bones. When my bones quiver like this, it's usually a cold front or something good's happening. Oh, quiver me timbers. My timbers are quivering. Yeah, they are, baby. <laughs> Welcome to the Ransomed Heart Podcast. Uh, we decided to let you listen in on some of the studio chat here this morning. Our prep time. <laughs> <laughs> this is a odd little moment here. It's the week of December 16th, and we've just finished the 10-part series on leadership, which Thanks so much for your feedback on that. We're just really delighted that that, that meant as much to you all as it did to us. Um, and we're going to turn that into a resource in the coming year. So next week, Christmas week, and we'll have a Christmas week podcast the week after that. We wanted to share with you kind of a year-end podcast. And so this is kind of a just a moment where – here in the the week before the week of Christmas, we paused and we just said, Jesus, what do you have for your people? And it was interesting where he took us. Christmas is a time of deep ambivalence, I think, for most people. Ambivalence described as the state of being where you're kind of torn between two different and often conflicting states. Um, ambivalence, not meaning checked out or I don't care, I don't like this. Ambivalence being the state of, well, part of me is hopeful and loves the holidays and loves this time of year. But another part of me is filled with either pressure, exhaustion, histories of disappointment, guardedness, Whatever that other side may be, burnout, you know, here at the end of the year. And so ambivalence, you kind of find yourself caught between those two states of of being, you know, hope, longing, desire, everything the holidays can can raise. Oh, you knocked your your pen cup over. Yeah, got a collection pen. So here in the week before Christmas, asking Jesus, what do you have for us? And he said something really intriguing. He said, ask me. Ask me for for what you're longing for. Mm-hmm. Ask me for where you need me to come. Ask me. And as we were kind of in listening prayer on that, kind of the picture we got, the impression was, you know, it feels like we do one of two things with longing and desire. We either try and make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we manipulate the holidays. And Manipulation might be too negative a word. We we strive. We work really hard to try and pull off some transcendent moment mm-hmm. or experience or connection or you know, we take our longings and we try and try and make it happen. Right. Or the other direction, thus the ambivalent piece is or we just go, you know what? Screw it. Like, no. I'm not going there. I'm not even going to open up those longings. Just get me through the holidays. Just get me through it. It's busy, stressful, 
never lives up to my expectations. So, you know, kind of a shutdown. <laughs> right? You see those two things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And usually that manipulative driven, I just so much energy put into making something happen. That something is is something really good. You know, yes. it's, it's intimacy, it's family, it's rich times, it's celebrating the Christ child or something. Right. It's like it's so worthy and important and necessary, needed that oh, we just get sucked into that. You know, the corny question around the table, you know, the toast <clears throat> that's rich with evangelical meaning and reflective and the many sermons over the punch bowl or something. Oh, here's what Stacy does, and she's fine with me sharing this story. This has now become a family tradition <laughs> soaked in humor because every every year, every year, mom around the 23rd, 24th, <laughs> mom says, Christmas is going to be different this year. We're going to go down and serve at the homeless shelter. You know, and it's a earnest holy desire that we get out of the, you know, consumerism and the franticness and, you know, let's just make it meaningful, make it rich. Like you're saying, those are good, good things we want to make happen, but that's the problem. It's make it happen. There's some sort of energy push, strive, Mm -hmm. manipulation Mm -hmm. that we're trying to do. Instead of just asking Jesus, Lord, come into these longings, come into my ache that whatever it is, that this year I wouldn't feel lonely, that this year wouldn't be disappointing, that this year we would really find you, Jesus, that mm-hmm. this year would be somehow richer or, you know, whatever the situations are and the longings that it evokes, rather than the striving, pushing, mm-hmm. manipulation Ask me. Yeah. A friend of mine, just last week, we were just talking. We are doing some work together on our basement. And he just very simply framed something for me that was really helpful. We were praying together that Christ would come into our day and fill it and just energize us and just be present. And good prayer right on. No problem with that. Uh, but he says, you know what, Craig, today, let's pray differently. Let's pray, where are you today in this? You know, we want to follow you. We mm. want to find you mm. than yes. kind of assume you're going to come into this. We'd rather follow you today. And, mm. you know, I just wonder what, what a different posture would be is to say, Jesus, rather than asking you to come into A through M, my 14 desires, nothing wrong with that. But just saying, Jesus, I give you the day, the gathering, the holiday, the season, and I want to find you in it. Mm. I want to go where you Mm. are. I want to see you then kind of just expecting and subtly demanding that he'll show up the way you need him to, want him to, hope he does to make it an enjoyable Mm. time. Do you know what I mean? Craig, it's huge. I mean, that's that's last night for me. So here's what's happened is um, my father died several years ago now, and my mom still lives in their house, and the house I grew up in, but it's a big house, and she lives there by herself, and really wanted to get out to see her sometime during the holidays, and she loves our sons, and, you know, would love to see them, and so there looked like an opportunity, because we actually, I'm doing a wedding 
in Southern California. And it looked like there was a way to kind of get our whole family out there for a visit. But then that just completely fell apart. It right. just people are going different directions and somebody needed a medical appointment. And so that couldn't happen. And then Stace couldn't make it on and on. And and I had this kind of rich moment in mind. We're all going to show up at grandma's house and bless her. And yeah. I was crafting the experience and it just completely fell apart in my hands and it ain't going to happen. Uh-huh. And the scrambling that goes on inside and the, oh, you know, dang, how do I rescue this? What do I do with this? Versus pause. And this is what I finally got to. Uh-huh. <laughs> pause. Jesus, what do you have for us? Yeah. Where are you this Christmas? I mean, here's the longing. Yeah. Now lead me, Jesus. Right. And kind of letting go some of my my hopes and plans. And now I'm just in that open-handed place of saying, Jesus, I don't really know how to rescue or make this happen. And maybe that's not even what you have for us this year. Here's my longing. Yeah. What do you have for us? Yeah. Lead, yeah. Jesus, lead. Yeah. That's good. Kind of a posture instead of unknowingly, I'm full steam ahead, managing, manipulating, kind of architecting the uh, the holiday and asking God to bless this. It's actually, no, Lord, what do you have for the holiday? I'd like to find you. I'd like to, you may have something entirely different. And see, I think that prayer is just as real and just as important for, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who he just wants to get through the holidays. Not a big deal for him, not really into it. Just get me through it. You know, everybody makes yeah. such a big deal of it and expectations and stuff. Never really lives up to that. So can we just get through this thing? And frankly, resignation, mm-hmm. shutting down, just get me through it. But how beautiful the same question is, Jesus, what do you have for me? Yeah. You know, in one place, maybe on my side of the ledger, it's letting go of plans expectations, but keeping the longing before Christ. In the other case, it's allowing Jesus to speak into mm-hmm. the resurrection of desire, that, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Pull you out of your kind of shut down state. Yeah. I think resignation is such a, uh, is such a self-protective, though unconscious, strategy to just simply avoid probably something God wants to touch and deal with and bring joy and hope and actually life too. I mean, Mm. the holidays have to be for so many of us just full of the full range of emotions and so on and so forth. And I I think the shutting down, for me anyway, that's my self-protective scheme as, uh, you know, it never goes the way I want. Life never unfolds with the full amount of joy and what's the point and it's just so in my case it just it just justifies me backing out and not being present mm-hmm. and not following or listening or even looking for god right withdraw check out yeah yeah i don't think those of us who practice that recognize how godless yeah. it is it's safety. It's easier. Yes. Shut down. And and yet there's no room for God in that. There's no mm-hmm. place for God to come and say, hey, give me some room here. Let me work. Let me mm-hmm. speak. So even for that camp, you know, mm-hmm. and the resignation, really interesting, can actually look like busyness. Yeah. 
just pound it through, be really busy, lots of activities, but your heart's not in it. It's really your way of hiding. Mm-hmm. Same question. Jesus was said, ask me. Mm-hmm. Ask me, ask me, ask me into your resignation, your hopes, dreams, desires, your shutdown, your disappointments. Ask me. Let Give me some room here to bring whether you're a person trying to make the holidays happen or you're a person who's kind of guarded and really being careful to don't get your hopes up, you know, mm-hmm. for both of us, for both camps. Jesus, what do you have for us? Yeah. Guide us through these days. John, you've been using a phrase lately that just in your describing that, that really uh, hits the spot. You've been talking about Jesus catching our hearts. I'm just thinking that when you know either that's your tendency around holidays or celebrations or in this particular holiday or celebration, that that's kind of where you're headed is the resignation, divorcing yourself from your heart, not feeling, not being present. It just feels like there's a prayer there of Jesus, catch my heart. Don't let it fall. Don't let it crash. Mm -hmm. Come, Lord, catch it. Catch it, Jesus. Mm. Don't let it go to the familiar places. Yeah. Right? They're these familiar places we go of how we handle family or pressure, how we handle expectations disappointments, certain people around the holidays. What a thought to say, Jesus, rescue me from my familiar places. Catch mm-hmm. my heart. Yeah. Catch my heart. Yeah. And there's a, some part of me right now that wants to just kind of say, boy, God will surprise you and how he shows up if we are open to that. And it may just be for a moment. It may be for an extended time, but it may simply be a tear that comes to your eye and some tender spot surfaces that God is, as a father, is speaking to or directing his love towards, or it may be laughter over something you see. You may be alone in a chair in your house or your room just listening to some music. And I mean, God can come in moments that are transcendent and rich and deep and personal. He may come for an extended time, the whole the whole day or something. But just don't put God in a box on how he might show up this mm. holiday season. Mm. Look for the little things as well as the large. Mm. Craig, you had something else I thought was really important back during that time of listening prayer over this podcast. It was the additional reminder of, you know, friends, just because it's the holidays and maybe you get a little time off or things are pretty, the lights are up, whatever, doesn't mean that the battle stopped. Mm -mm. Yeah. Your enemy, like a prowling lion, is looking for someone to destroy. And and it's more than uh, candles and holly and lights and there's an enemy, a profoundly evil one who um, wants to twist, misinterpret, bring suspicion, doubt, fear, shame, condemnation. And he doesn't take a Christmas vacation. I mean, he seizes it. And it's like, be awake, be alert, 
you know, that's going on as well. Yep. Yep. <sighs> don't drop your guard. Yes. Over the holidays, don't drop your normal practice of prayer and putting on the armor, having an eye out for the enemy, praying against it when you feel like the attack is is coming. I love it. He doesn't take a Christmas vacation. Oh, man. No. When the car pulls up with the cousins and Uncle Eddie, remember, your battle isn't against flesh and blood. There's just a lot of stuff going on. And and to feel ambivalence, understandable, but to walk with Christ in this, through it, see where he's going with you, you know, in it. I mean, that's the way to get through it and really enjoy it. I mean, enjoy God, mm-hmm. whether the holiday itself is enjoyed. Enjoy God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And bind the thief. Yes. Bind the thief. Mm-hmm. I've actually been surprised, and I hope this is not the case for most of our listeners, but I've actually been surprised the level of warfare around Christmas over the years. I think I kind of maybe unconsciously slipped into that idea of we get a couple days off, you know. <laughs> In fact, I was just reading. There's this beautiful passage, beautiful passage in Hamlet where early in the plays, some of my listeners may recall Hamlet's father's been murdered and now his ghost has appeared and it's kind of shaking the, the castle up because they keep seeing this spirit appearing here and there. And, and two of the watchmen are having this conversation and suddenly the conversation shifts to Christmas time and, and one of the watchmen is saying that, you know, that time is so hallowed that no witch can curse, no spirit can wander about and, mm-hmm. you know, so hallowed is the time. And I thought, oh, if only. Yeah. <laughs> if only. I think I've dropped my guard over the years around the holidays thinking either because we were so focused on Jesus or I don't know, you know, I don't know why I did, but heads up, gang. Same prayers, same yeah. armor, same posture. Yeah. None of that shifts because it happens to be Christmas Eve or a special church service that you enjoy or whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. John, I think we ought to bless the holidays for everyone. I think we ought to just, Lord, come and bless. Yeah, let's pray. Yeah, Jesus, we begin with, I give you the holidays. I give it to you. We begin with, I consecrate this week and next. I consecrate through New Year's to you. I bless and I consecrate my home and my household, my friendships. I bless and I consecrate my family relationships to you. Jesus, I give to you everyone. I give everyone to you and and I give all hopes, longings, fears, doubts, resignation, cynicism to you as well. And I begin by blessing my holidays. I'm praying in the first person, friends, but this is so you can do this. Like, I bless the holidays. I name this a good time. This is a good season. And I invite Jesus to absolutely fill it. Jesus, I release pressure expectations, people to you. I release plans. I release my manipulation of the holidays to you, trying to make something happen. I invite you into my plans and preparations. And Jesus also, at the same time, I also invite you into any cynicism or resignation or guardedness or shutting down. I invite you into that as well. I give that up 
as much as I surrender the holidays to you. I surrender my ambivalence to you, Mm. surrender my resignation to Mm. you, Jesus. I invite you to come catch my heart, Mm. catch my heart, Mm. Jesus, catch my heart. And I ask you, you said ask you, and so I ask you, Jesus, for what I'm longing for, what I'm hoping for. And at the same time, I ask you, Jesus, to help me out of my guardedness, fear, doubt, suspicion, resignation. Maybe it's just the hatred of some of the people you have to gather with or Mm -hmm. those requirements, Jesus. I also invite you into that, and I give that to you. Jesus, I pray that you would help me to be very heads up to the enemy, help me to see where he's trying to steal right now. Help me to pray against that. I consecrate my holidays to the Lord Jesus Christ and to the kingdom of God. In everywhere that I can call my realm and my domain, I consecrate to Jesus Christ. And I invite you to fill them, and I invite you to guide me. Jesus, over these next days, I want to listen to you. I want to follow you whether that's in plans and striving or that's following you out of resignation. I want to follow you, Jesus. Invite your hope and your joy and your love and your life to fill me in this season, regardless Mm. of anything else. Mm. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to the Ransomed Heart Podcast with John Eldridge and Craig McConnell. Just a week of December 16th, thoughts to help you navigate the days ahead. And so bless you, friends. Bless you.